Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Ball Podcast. In this episode, Andrew and I discuss the Super Bowl. He thinks it's a dud. I kind of disagree. Also, NASCAR is back. Andrew's very excited about that. Talk about the Daytona 500 coming up. And then we talk about the NBA trade deadline and all of the madness that happened. Is it petty that LeBron recruited free agents to his all-star team? Why did Anthony Davis get traded? Are the Sixers really the team in the East to beat now after their trades? All that and more on this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Well, that was fancy. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am well. I'm sitting in my office looking out the window, watching the snow fall upon my tree outside my office. It's it's quite pretty. Very picturesque, I would say. We we are in a lull for now. It's been a... Nasty last few days, though. Good time to sit inside and watch some sports. Indeed. So, uh, as the title of our last episode indicated, uh, you just you, you should never bet against the Patriots, man. You just never nope. should. It's a bad idea. So, uh, what are what are your thoughts on on the Super Bowl? Um, aside from uh, a game that lacked entertainment, I think it was about as we expected when it came down to crunch time the patriots found a way to want found a way to win and i think that the other takeaway was uh jared goff was less than impressive and uh sean McVay probably a little too inexperienced to figure out how to pivot uh against somebody like bill belichick in the super bowl to to adjust and um, try to make things happen, especially when Gurley didn't appear to be available. Um, I thought the game was actually really, really good. Most Super Bowls, I don't really care who wins as long as it's a good game. And oftentimes it's not a good game. But I actually thought this game was really, really enjoyable to watch. Um for a number of reasons, like it was low scoring. And for a lot of people, that means boring, but I thought it was a defensive masterclass. They, the Patriots took the most high profile prolific offense in the league and gave up three points and made Jared Goff look like a high schooler. Yep. And the Patriots, as far as I can remember, have never gotten credit for having a good defense ever. It was always about Belichick and Brady. And what they were able to do with, you know, non-big name players on offense. Which, you know, is true, obviously. And for a lot of the time when Matt Patricia was there, it was the whole bend and don't break. So we're going to give up 400 yards, but we're only going to give up 17 points. You know, so they didn't have like the numbers per se that, you know, good defenses or great defenses like the Steelers or the Ravens, you know, of that era had. And so I just thought it was really uh, impressive to see a team not known for its shutdown defense to on the biggest stage in a game that people didn't ever expect them to be in this season because of how the season started and all that stuff to take an offense like the Rams and just absolutely shut it down. Yeah. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And the Rams defense, of course, played great because that's what you expect. They only gave up 13 points to the Patriots offense. So, I mean, yeah, not high scoring, but I still I really enjoyed the game and was quite pleased with how everything turned out. 
Yeah, and it gives uh, you know, Super Bowl number six to to Brady and Belichick, and um, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of groaning on Monday morning about them winning again, particularly in Kansas City after the way things had transpired two weeks before. But you know, we've addressed it on the show before. I think you, in the moment, it's difficult to appreciate greatness because it feels like the same team wins over and over again, but. It's hard to imagine you'll ever see a, a dynasty like this again in our lifetime. I mean, just the way that I mean, they they've essentially their the player development and the way they get around the salary cap and the way they continue to rebuild and the role players they add a franchise. No, no one's been able to emulate. It's not like we're. It's not like the NBA Finals where we get the same two teams in the finals every year. We've had a rotating cast of NFC teams, and and no one's been able to do anything. The AFC hasn't been able to answer it for 15 years. Um, so I think you just have to appreciate what has transpired over the last almost two decades now. Yep. Everyone loves to hate them, but it's just because they're good. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. So, And the fact that Boston in other sports has been successful. Like, if this was just one franchise in one town, this is all that was winning, that'd be one thing. But you've got three World Series titles in there. You've got an NBA Finals. You've got a Stanley Cup. Um, so, it's, yeah, that, that adds a little fuel to the fire. <laughs> well, yeah, when you consider how long those teams had gone without winning championships before 2004, right. when uh, the Red Sox finally won the world series and, you know, broke the curse and all that stuff. Like you look at how bad the Patriots were in the, you know, the nineties and, you know, the Bruins and yeah, just the Celtics post Larry Bird, you know, pre Kevin Garnett, Paul Pearson, Ray Allen. Dark days, man. Yes. So, NASCAR is back. Tell me all about it. Are they still turning left a lot? They are. So uh, Speed Week began yesterday at 9.30 in the morning Central Time with uh, with a practice. And then we'll have um, some racing this afternoon if the weather holds. We're recording this on Sunday. And then uh, Thursday we'll have a little more racing. Just, just different qualifying events. So this morning was the poll uh, in Hendrick Motorsports, which uh, used to be the home of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon, um, they took all the top four spots um, at the front of the field. So, um, yeah, the 24, the 88, the 8, and the one more, and I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember which one it is. But, yeah, so Hendrick Motorsports kind of backed uh, to a degree. The fact that they took the top four spots with their Chevys is interesting. Uh, but yeah, this this kicks it off this week, so a little bit of excitement, especially kind of a lull in the, the sports calendar here, kind of between March Madness, between baseball, football's done. Unless you are watching the Alliance uh, last night with the uh, kind of the JV squads there. So yeah, uh, next Sunday afternoon will be the the greatest spectacle in racing, the Daytona 500, and uh, we'll be off and off and running from there. Very exciting. Early prediction. Who's going to win this year? Who's going to take it all home? Like the entire cup? Yeah. So who's going to be there at the end of the season 
as the top dog? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, they've they've made some changes to the to the rules package, uh, kind of how the cars run. It's a little hard to predict. Um, I mean, I I think it's a good sign that Hendrick uh, took the top four spots. So, you, but they've got young drivers outside of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, can Jimmy get his way back? You know, he was like six time champion. Can he? Could he win one more and then go out on top? Um, I don't know. But you've got uh, a good crop of young drivers, and uh, the sport needs a superstar. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. All right, I'll I'll let the, I'll let the non prediction slide. That's fine. It's, it's it's very hard. You've got forty drivers. I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody would have seen uh, a Chase Elliott championship last year. Well, I know I don't have a good prediction because I don't even know five of their names. So <laughs> I'm already fighting with the disadvantage. <clears throat> so. What else should we talk about? There's a lot going on in the world of sports. Well, we had the uh, the NBA trade deadline, and I don't get into a whole lot of the, the ins and outs of the NBA and, and all the inner workings, but what I conclude from uh, kind of observing from a distance is it has to be one of the most petty yet entertaining leagues to watch. I don't think – I think that Major League Baseball is not this way – it's just kind of as boring as it gets. I mean, you still have two superstars on the sideline waiting for a team. The NFL, the way it's structured, it's – you don't have this excitement. But the NBA, like, you've got, like, players, like, trying to essentially form their own teams. LeBron James, from what I understand, he, like, was one of the captains of the All-Star team, and he drafted what amounted to be a ton of free agents or what are going to be free agents this summer. Uh, with the hopes that maybe you know he could like recruit him during the All Star game to come to L.A., and then you got uh-huh. the whole Anthony Davis fiasco. Like it's just uh, you know Russell Westbrook. Like he's to me just seems like a petty player. I don't know. Like the list goes on and on. And like if I could devote time to it and really follow it, I feel like it, you'd be as entertained as you'd possibly want to be if you followed the, the league like really closely. Yeah, and the one thing that I do enjoy about the NBA more so than like the NFL is like trades happen a lot. Right. And there's blockbuster trades every year. And this year it did not disappoint. Obviously, the big fish was Anthony Davis, and he's still in New Orleans. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, that was, you know, the, the biggest fish. But there's still like guys like Marc Gasol got traded to Toronto, which he's going to make a big impact up there. The Knicks cleared house. They got rid of Kristaps Porzingis. They cleared a bunch of cap space so that in the free agency fiasco that's going to happen this offseason, they can pay Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving max contracts to go be Knicks and, you know, try and make that franchise even remotely important again. But I mean, the Lakers are making deals, and the Bucks are making deals, and the Seventy Sixers. Holy crap! They're terrifying now. The team that won like ten games like three or four years ago now has probably the best and most versatile starting five in the league. You had trust the process. Well, but that's but they kept saying, they kept saying, they kept saying, and then they said, "Screw the process. We're winning now." So they traded Markel Fultz, who has been a complete bust. 
Um, but they were able to land uh, Tobias Harris, who used to be a Piston, um, but had the career or the season of his life at uh, with the Clippers. And they also picked up Boban Marjanovic, who is like seven foot two, just this freak dude. He's the most efficient scorer in the NBA this season, like hands down. Now he's only going to play, you know, seven, eight minutes a game. But when you can go from Joel Embiid, a seven footer who is averaging 27 points per game as a center in the NBA that like the, the NBA of today where everything is about three pointers, right? He's leading the league or sorry, he's, he has 27 points per game. The last time a center has had that was Shaq 15 years ago in 2004. And that's when the Pistons beat the Lakers in the finals in in five games. And that was a totally different league than it is now. So you've got uh, Joel Embiid scoring 27 a game. You've got Tobias Harris who can score. uh, He's, he's like six foot nine power forward stretch guy. He can shoot the three. He can handle pick and rolls. You've got Jimmy Butler, who's a, hand, uh, a handful for anyone. You've got J.J. Redick, who just dropped 34 points last game. And then you've got Ben Simmons, your point guard, is 22, and he also happens to be six foot ten as a point guard. It's They're going to be very, 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 very hard to beat in the playoffs. They also happen to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. So they, by trading for Butler and for uh, Tobias Harris last season and this season, they have – said, yeah, the process is over. The time to win is now. Um, so anyways, it's that was one of the biggest splashes uh, was them making that trade. A bunch of other stuff. Um, the fact that Davis didn't get traded means the Celtics can make a push for him in the offseason if they can re-sign Kyrie, which is not a guarantee. And there's so much more to talk about, but this one stuck out to me. My boy Nick Stauskas from uh, the University of Michigan, that, that season where we lost the championship to the cheating Louisville team, he got traded four times. Or, sorry, three times. He went from Portland to Cleveland to Houston to Indiana. That's crazy. Yeah, and it didn't all happen on one day. I think it took two or three days because, like, but the, the, the Cleveland-Houston-Indiana, that was, like, within, like, 20 hours. He went from Cleveland, got traded to Houston, and then, like, the next morning got traded from Houston to Indiana. So, like, I don't know if this bro was just hopping airplanes all over the country or if he just stayed in Portland until he knew where he was. I don't know what they were communicating to him. Listen, like, hey, we, we picked you up, but you're not staying here, so don't come. Like, I, I don't right. know how that all works. But, I mean, so he went – he's in the playoffs no matter what. Like, Portland was fourth in the West. Houston is fifth. Uh, Cleveland, well, they were out, but Indiana is fourth in the East. So, like, he still has a shot to, you know, be a bench player on a playoff team, but what a whirlwind of a few days to, like, not know where you're going to even, like, try to find an apartment. You know what I mean? Right. So, anyways, I just, the the trade deadline to me is always fun, and the NBA specifically never disappoints because there's just the, the, the sheer volume of trades and players moving is it's like transfer deadline in uh, European soccer. Yeah. It's just nuts. There's players moving everywhere. And then, you know, the NFL, like the Khalil Mack trade from the Raiders to the Bears this season was like the big trade. But like that happens like once every like four years in the NFL where you get a big trade. So anyways, I just thought it was good. There's lots of stuff that happened. So 
it'll be fun to watch how this season progresses. And even uh, in about a half hour from now, actually, the uh, the Sixers that I just you know praised essentially are playing the Lakers uh, on ABC. So you can get your um, potential look at what the NBA Finals might be in two or three years because there ain't no way the Lakers are making it this year. No. Uh, <laughs> what I watched, but, was it last Saturday night that the Lakers and Warriors play, and I watched a little bit of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the West is the Western Conference playoffs. I think are going to be crazy between the uh, Thunder, the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Lakers get in there. But the East seems a little more cut and dry. I guess you got the Celtics. Well, the Lakers are still two games out of eighth place, yeah. so they're not even a guarantee to make it in. But yeah, Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City, Portland, Houston, like San Antonio, like there's there's good teams, that- but. And then it's my understanding that in the East that Milwaukee is decent this year. Milwaukee's not decent. They're forty-one and fourteen. They have the best record in the league. The old Bucks. Yep, and then Toronto's number two, forty-one and sixteen. Indiana's third, Philly's fourth, Boston's five, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Miami, and then the Pistons are a half a game out of the playoffs at this point. But they're twenty-five and twenty-nine. So, like, the bottom drops out once you get past the Celtics. Yeah. So you've got five good teams, if not you know bordering on excellent in the East, whereas out West, the eighth place team is three games or is five games above five hundred. So the the West is more uh, one through eight is stronger, um, but the East has some of the 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 most well-rounded teams you know in the league obviously golden state fits into that category because they're just loaded but yeah yeah this is this is like it's kind of weird that more of the heavy hitters as far as records are concerned are in the east this year than the west but the west is stronger top to bottom right so yeah the west the western conference playoffs should be great because you're going to see a lot of really good teams, but like the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat or the Detroit Pistons is going to be a slaughter. It's going to be like, it's going to be a series not even worth watching. It's just going to be cruel. So, And this week, I believe we'll have some pitchers and catchers reporting and finally, finally a sign of spring after what seems like the longest winter we've had in years. <laughs> I just want See, like I don't feel that way. I just want like any glimmer of like I just want a stretch of like four sixty degree days in sunshine. It's just been so cloudy and cold <laughs> here. I I usually can get through winter, but this one, holy cow, I just I mean January felt like it had ninety days in it. I know I'm in the minority here, but I like the winter, so I'm okay with it. I'm sorry that it's taking forever for you, but trust me, it will soon be hotter than the sun in Kansas. So I know. Be careful those, what you wish for. Yeah, those days are coming. I also um, tried to get something out of the trunk of my car today and slid down my driveway in my shoes and had to almost crawl back up. So <laughs> everything is just a solid sheet of ice right now. Yeah. Well, you are right. Spring training is just around the corner, and that means 
with it comes the melt, the mud, and eventually green grass and trees and, and you know, yep. baseball and tennis and all that good stuff. So they don't call it winter training. Nope. It is spring training. Uh, hey, where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to say hi? Well, I'm on uh, on Twitter if you want all the ultimate hot takes, particularly around Nebraska basketball right now, which is a complete dumpster fire. Uh, my handle is at Robinson Andrew. Very good. I, I'm on Twitter too. It's at Cam Brennan. I don't really have the hot takes like Andrew does, but I do enjoy your hot takes. Thank you. I am most active on Instagram. That is my platform of choice. I'm also Cam Brennan. I'm Cam Brennan everywhere because that's my name. It is indeed. You can even go to cambrennan.com if you want. There's a website there. Wow. Anyways, yeah. If you guys and girls have insights, corrections, tell us that we're stupid, whatever, it's fine. Yell at us on those places, and uh, we'll be sure to chat back. And if we get something funny or insightful, we'll be sure to talk about it on the show in uh, coming episodes. So uh, I think that does it for me. Anything else for you, sir? That, that is it. All right. Well, this is weird. We we recorded on the in an afternoon. It's very bizarre. Usually, I go home and sleep after we're done. Yeah, the lights are still like there's still daylight. Yeah, shoot, I might actually watch that some of the Lakers Sixers game while we're done. All right, well that's enough. I'm rambling. Catch you later, man. Have a good one. See ya. All right. <laughs>